Welcome to Functional Design and Closure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. We're here to chat about closure and what's on our mind and what's on your mind because you came and you told us what was on your mind. (laughs) (laughs) We want to hear from you. And we want to make this podcast about the topics that you're interested in. Yeah. So if you feel like you would like to contribute, uh, please reach out. There's a number of ways you can reach us. One is uh, tweeting at us at at Closure Design. One is sending an email to Closure. Sorry, that would be feedback at ClosureDesign.club. And the final one is to hop into our Closure Design-podcast channel on the Closurian Slack and give us your input there. Yeah, this series, which we're doing, uh, talking about reducing things and sequences and all that, uh, it came out of a conversation in our Closure and Slack channel. So uh, what you're hearing today is a product of that process. So come be a part of it. We'd we'd love to have you there. And speaking uh, speaking of the series, so last time we were talking about reducing functions. We, we, we've started into a little bit of a series here, and we started with reducing functions. And we made the audacious claim that reducing functions are, like, maybe one of the most important, <laughs> one of the most important things to understand in functional programming, um, may, whether you realize it or not. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, we, how, how, how do you keep track of, of, of things that change in a language that doesn't let you... Uh, change your data, and 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 the answer, or a big part of the answer, is reducing functions. And uh, so we use them all over the place, and uh, you likely will too if you want to get anything done in Clojure. <laughs> if you don't want to just yeah, do the cones. and and so there's looping. There's looping which you can do, right? You can write a loop. So I remember way back when I first learned Erlang. So I, I guess my first pure functional programming language was like dabbling in Haskell. And then I I moved on to Erlang because I wanted something dynamic. <laughs> and I just remember really struggling with state management and discovering loop, right? And this whole idea of sort of this infinite recursion. And so you like pass, you pass, you call yourself recursively with like the updated values, you know? And so you kind of manage values that way. But but anything that can be written with loop can be rewritten um, as, as a reducing function. Right, where you're basically your first argument is all of the state, and your next argument is the next thing to handle with, like to deal with. Yeah, and so, so they're they're analogous there. That was one of the things that came out in last time. Yeah, and one of the nice things about the reducing functions is that you can actually put names to all those those state changes. You know, because usually the state changes have a, a name associated with us with them in 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 human space, and so it's nice to have that be able to name it in the computers also. <laughs> you know. Definitely. And so this week we're going to take a little bit of a, it might feel like a diversion, but trust me, we're, we're going to come back because this week we're going to talk about sequences, the sequence abstraction. Yeah. And then we're, we're working our way towards where reducing functions and the sequence abstraction collide, right? So, so we, we have to, we have to pan over to our, our second protagonist, you know, they haven't met in the supermarket yet. They haven't discovered that maybe they just might get along. <laughs> right. So re- reduce is is a function that you can call, and, and the very last argument is is something that you're trying to reduce, 
um, and 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 reduce is is like many a lot many of the other functions in in Closure Core. Like when we talk about Closure Core, usually we're talking broadly about functions that can operate on sequences. And so, if if reducing functions are a a a way of getting uh, a managing state, um, uh, the sequence abstraction is kind of a way of of handling how do I uh, traverse data because because all right data is you know is has some sequence to it it has you know there, there is um some at some level you know like i know how to traverse a map or i know how to, like as a human i i know i can i can grab different parts of it but there's only one filter function there's only one map function there's only one reduce and so they all have to be able to 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 speak to all the collections, so to so to speak. They, they need to be able to uh, yeah. interpret all of the collections, and 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 the sequence abstraction is is how they do that. Right. So clearly, like closure was based on Java primitives, and of course, you have closure script that has Java script primitives, right? But primitives only take you so far. <laughs> can only do so much work with an int or a float <laughs> or a long. Right. Yeah, even if it's a big decimal and you can put as many digits as you want, <laughs> they only take you so far. And um, and so we need collections, right? We need collections. And in Clojure, those core types are lists, vectors, arrays, sets, maps. Really, arrays are, are more of an interop type, but Clojure right. does kind of expose those arrays more directly sometimes. But yeah, and, and so we, we need these collections and a big goal of Closure Core is to have functions that work across the collections. So we don't need a list filter function or a vector filter function or a map filter function <laughs> or a sets <laughs> filter function. We just have a filter function, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's one of the things that enables uh, Closure's flexibility. Um, and and if you actually look at what what a sequence is, like what the actual abstraction is, it's actually a very small, um, a very small surface area. Um, basically, you need to be able to answer, you know, three questions or or be able to do three operations. The first is well, <laughs> first <laughs> you need to be able to get the first thing out of it. Um, you <laughs> the need to first be able to thing get, is the first thing. <laughs> uh, um, then you need to be able to get the rest of it. You know, these are these are like head and tail. Like head, head and tail yes. are the concepts in functional programming. First and rest are are the are the, the closure sequence. And then there's cons, which basically takes a head and a tail and reassembles it back into a sequence. You know, and with yeah. and with those three things, you can do everything that you need to do um, with a, 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 a sequence of data. Yeah. So first. Uh, first, rest and cons. So the seek abstraction uh, has cons, but it's just first and rest. <laughs> um, so so yeah, it's pretty simple because you can move through any any of those things. You can move through a list in an ordered way, right? The list has an order, so you you get the first thing off the list, and then now you go to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. Um, or you can vectors have an order even for something like sets sets are unordered like by definition 
but you can traverse them in an order. If you need to walk through everything one at a time, you have to walk through it in some order. <laughs> and so you just so really squeeze it out yeah, like Rich's toothpaste. Insight, yeah, Rich's insight was that he could unify these things um, in in a nice like iterator style interface. And that iterator style interface, now you can program all of these different functions that use that simple interface and you and you now have generic generic functions that way. One of the cool things about it is like you say it's like the iterator, but as someone who has used an iterator inside of Java and and accidentally made two iterators on the same collection, um, you you or it, it, sorry, an iterator on a collection that that, that will have mutation underneath. Um, like it's 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 not something that is uh, consistent. Like, but the nice thing in closure is that all sequences are immutable. Um, I mean, at least the ones that are based on <laughs> the core data types. Um, so you you can you can make as many as you want, and you know that the collection is not going to change out from underneath you um, while you are mid traversal. Yeah, and so that's that's really nice and important when we when it comes to you know sharing things across threads and and that goes back to the whole persistent data structures thing. Okay, so the seek abstraction is is foundational to Closure Core to to all these functions in Closure Core, and but there's really kind of two sides, right? So as 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 Nate as you were mentioning, like you have the first and rest, that's that's getting data out, but then you have cons, which is putting data in. Right? Mm-hmm. When you cons data in, depending on the abstraction, consing it in into a set adds it to the set or consing in a key value pair adds it into the map, right? Or consing into a list puts it on the front, consing into vector puts it on the end. Um, well, I, no, so, I think that conj works that way. Cons always puts at the beginning. Um, that's 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 there's that's the distinction between those two is that conj is is a collection operation, like it does the right thing for the the collection that you're working with, but cons always will put, be, but it's because it returns you a sequence. It doesn't return you a uh, a vector or one of the other things. Like when it's operating. Oh yeah, on a sequence, let me let me clarify. Okay, sorry. I'm talking about the interface. Yeah, so the iSeq interface has a function called cons. Right. And under the hood, cons is implemented by each of the collections to be collection specific. So if you look at the closure code, so it's kind of fun to, if you go and you browse um, like the closure, the closure source for core, um, it's a bunch of Java function calls. So if you go look at the Java function call for conj, uh, it call sorry. You look at the closure function for conj. It calls the Java conj, and you go and look at the Java source for conj, and it just calls cons on the interface. So, so that interface, each collection implements an appropriate cons um, that does the right thing for that collection. The cons function, however, forces everything to look like a list, gotcha. and and then it has it sort of has a list assumption built into it. So it will not be collection sensitive. So the interface, it's very confusing. The interface itself has a cons method in the interface, which is collection specific under the hood. And we get access to that method directly using conj. <laughs> and the cons function enclosure 
doesn't use that interface. <laughs> and so, so, so the cons it turns it into a list, basically. Right. So, yes. so the cons function. You always will. You all. You will always get a list out of that. You won't get if you pass, you know, cons something on the front of a vector. You're going to get a list out of that. Is that is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You're t- actually technically going to get a generic seek, but it's going to now right. look like a list. Yeah, like like seeking across a list. Whereas if you call conj, yeah, it's doing the collection specific cons behind the scenes. And um and so that's nice because interfaces, you know, it's this uh polymorphic version of abstraction, right? So then each of those uh types, which are all implemented in Java on the like for the closure on the JVM, they're all implemented in Java and they're or implemented in JavaScript. Um, for ClojureScript, each of those types has a um, their own implementation of that interface, and so they can quote do the right thing based on on what the cons method should be for them. And so now we can write a map function that that traverses or builds up. You know, we can write drop, we can write count, um, we can write um, all sorts of things. Take flatten, reverse, sort, all, all, all kinds of things. <laughs> right, there's <laughs> right? a lot because of Because they like, all use that interface. Right, so yeah. there's like, there's different classifications of, of functions in Closure Core. You know, there's ones that like take a seek and give a seek back. And there's ones that take a seek and could optionally give us like something back, but like reduce takes a seek and then it, it, it can give a collection back or it can give just one value back. Um, and and so depending on, on what, on what turn you want to make with your data, you're going to use functions from those different categories of functions. Um, Yeah, yeah. And it's really neat, right? Because, like, it's both helpful for traversing and it's helpful for building up in a generic way. So, like, the into function, um, I know we use it a lot, but, you know, you say into and then some kind of collection and then some sort of sequence, right? And so it walks through the whole sequence and it conjures each element in. So when I say conj, I'm talking about the closure function, which behind the scenes is this interface, cons interface. But it conjures each element, you know, in um, to to the thing, right? And so it's using it's using genericness not just for traversal. It's using genericness for building up too. Like into doesn't need to know what collection you're conjing into <laughs> right it doesn't need to know right. what collection you're traversing from because the seek abstraction uh hides that into can just worry about calling first and then calling the underlying cons and then recursing or iterating you know on rest right and yeah. and it's it's interesting that like I remember the the first time I early when I was when I was working with you know I wanted to do to like run filter on like running filter on a vector you understand that you're going to get a sequence of you know a, a things out or a map on a vector or but when you run map or filter on a on a on a map <laughs> on the on a map collection um I remember being like what I'm getting what you get out of that is you get a sequence but it's a sequence of 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 tuples essentially um and so one of the one of the reasons why you need into is if you want to pour it back into 
that kind of a data uh, uh, of data, then you 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 like the sequence abstraction is good for the the general pipeline, so to speak. But when you want it to be something at the end, you have to then take it away from you have to to take it out of the sequence abstraction and put it back into something concrete like that you might want to use. Right. It's sequence abstraction. I like how you put that. It's it's a great glue that connects all of these generic things together. But somewhere at the end of the line, you need it to probably be in a specific data type again. And and for, so for it to be into useful. is a great way of getting it into that data type. Right. Another great way of getting it into that data type is to reduce it <laughs> into that data type. So, Nate, I know you and I, we've written a lot of reducing functions, which are building up maps. And so what sometimes we have sequences that produce tuples of key value pairs, and then we use into to get them into a map, right? So we've done that some of the times. Right. But many times we've also used reduce to build up a map with a SOCH. Right, uh, and we're we're building it up with a SOCH that way, um, and we're not, and we're avoiding an intermediate list of 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 tuples. Which really, when we say tuple, we mean list of two things. So an intermediate list of lists, <laughs> intermediate seek of lists, I guess, if we want to get real specific for this episode. Yeah, no, I think I think it's I think it's going to be specific uh, because I think you can kind of lose. There, there's so many abstractions. I mean, there aren't there aren't a lot of abstractions, but there, there there's there, there's layers, and you have to like understand what what the data looks like at each layer, um, because sometimes you can get to the point where you're sending the wrong thing. Well, then what the wrong thing into a function like you're you're sending a vector into something that 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 that, that wants to seek. Um, the the nice thing is a lot of the closure core functions like filter will just will call seek on the collection you give it so you don't have to like pre-seek it <laughs> uh, right. uh before filter gets it um and the nice thing about calling seek on a seek is it just passes itself through through like it doesn't like it's a it's a it's it's you know you get the function call overhead i guess but that's almost minimal um and so you can just right. use them um and one of the cool things is it's not they, they didn't just implement the sequence abstraction on closures data types, which would have been cool already. But what they did was they're like, hey, you can take an iterator and throw it in as a seek. You can take a like a, a primitive array. You can take like you can take a string. You can take all kinds of things in both of the interop languages. And so the sequence abstraction is a way that closure like the top of the mountain is is got the sequence abstraction, but the sequence abstraction goes all the way down to sea level, so to speak, the, all the way down to the bottom yeah. of, the, of the of the 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 host language. Um, and so then you can you can call filter on a primitive array. Like, how cool is that? Like, you know, obviously the yeah. function you pass to it has to be able to handle a primitive object, like a primitive, you know, element. But yeah, and so maybe that's a great example. When you call filter on a primitive array, what you get back out is not a primitive array, right? right. Because filter. So these this this kind of brings us around the circle to maybe where we're going, where you know you go into the supermarket and uh, reducing functions is is shopping for sushi or something. <laughs> the seek abstraction <laughs> is shopping for fruit, and they bump into each other right here in our functional programming romantic comedy, and um, <laughs> and so. 
I, yeah, I don't know why that Sorry. metaphor is coming to mind. So anyway, we're we're because really where we're going with is we're going to get into reducers and transducers, and and this is where they all come together. And so the the um the sequence abstraction is important uh, because like filter, it, it doesn't need to care necessarily how to traverse each element because the sequence abstraction helps it traverse each element. But filter cares deeply about the result that it builds up, right? It needs to build up a a sequence result, and and it has to do that somehow, right? It, it and so it uses under the hood. It's using conj, right, on an empty list, and so it's conjing values onto this empty list to build up the result, right? So. So it's not type preserving because it builds it has to build up a thing that it knows how to build up, right? And the thing it knows how to build up is a list. So even though you started, it's really cool you could iterate a Java array because of the interop, it doesn't produce a Java array when you call filter or map on it. It produces now uh, a list, a closure well, list, which is kind of hiding behind a seek. Right, and 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 filter specifically, like, will it 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 actually ends up being a lazy seek, you know? And and I think that's one of the things we haven't touched on. We we've touched on it in previous episodes, but the cool thing about the seek abstraction is that it works for concrete like data you already have, like an array that you, or a map or a vector that you have in memory right now. But it also the the same abstraction can um, work with data that is is um, generated on the fly or is you know read off of a disk or whatever. And so um, the 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 sequence that you go back and filter is actually a lazy sequence. It actually is not building the next section of <laughs> of that list or that sequence, I guess, um, until you actually you know pull it through, you know. And so you, the it's just it's 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 a very cool property that that you can operate on on data that's in memory and data that's that's you know not in memory yet uh, with the same abstraction. And so then all of the all of closure core because it depends on this abstraction uh, works on all lazy lists. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's that that filter right? It's producing this in a lazy way and that gets back to the seek interface the seek interface like just because you have a method named first doesn't mean you have to have any idea of what the first value actually is until the method <laughs> is called right? yes. just because it has a method called rest doesn't mean you have to know what any of the things subsequent in the list are until the method is called right so that's how the lazy seeks work is they just do not really bother to do the work until the method is called, which is great because now we can model infinite lists or now we can not not do processing. If we're only going to take like if you do take 15, great. Everything after that didn't have to get dealt with, didn't have to even be processed or examined. You know, you just took 15 elements out and 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 there you are. Um but okay, so back to, then, kind of back to this reducing. So we've been talking right. about reducing functions and this process of reducing. A reducing function can abstract out the traversal. Like it does not need to care about the traversal. It's it's sort of like I know I know there's a reduce process <laughs> that's happening outside of that's me. That's outside of me, right? Yes, I can trust that yes. it's going on. Yes, right. 
and it's going to hand me each element as I traverse. And, and so it's going to give me the state that I returned, right? So it's going to give me back my state and it's going to hand me each element. But the problem is, so what we talked about in the last episode, so if you haven't listened to it now, I guess if you've made it this far, oh well. (laughs) (laughs) Go back and listen to it if you haven't, is, is you can model all kinds of things as reduce, as re reducing functions. You can model map as a reducing function. You model filter as a reducing function. You can model all sorts of things as reducing from the functions. The problem is those reducing functions ha- cannot abstract out how they build up the result collection, right? They, they have to take a position somehow on building it, building it up. So if you're going to do a map, map is nice and simple, right? Like the map function then it's going to, yes, we have abstracted out the list traversal, but in that result, what do we do when we, we, we've taken the thing and we've run it through the mapping function and we have a new result, now we need to put it into the result, right? Like, like well, we got to conge it into something, we have to, right? Yeah, we, we have to decide when we're implementing that function how 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 the the sausage is made you know what i mean like we don't it's it's like we we've abstracted away the, how the ingredients get put on the table but i still have to use the oven to bake it you know i guess yeah that, that works yeah um, and so and it so, gets linked to that representation of the result so we've we we've somehow unlinked it from the representation of the source right of but yeah. we have but we're still tied to the representation of the the result. Reduce allows us to be decoupled from the representation of the source, but it we're still it's like it's like we're trying to it's like we got one leg up off the ground, you know, we're trying to fly and one one leg has been freed, you know, we're flapping like mad, but the other leg is still tied to the ground because I still have to figure out how I create the new the do the new um the new collection. I, it's I'm conjuring on a on a, 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 a vector or I'm associating onto a map, I'm doing something like I, I, it has to be there. And so, and so we, in order for us to be able to really take, cause what we want to, we want to do is we really want to get that transformation and we want to free it from, from these two things that anchor it to the ground. We want to, we want to allow right. us to use it in, in more situations. Right. And in some way, the mapping function itself is the most free, right? The predicate, well, it's not a predicate, it's a mapping function. Or the predicate for filter is super free, it doesn't need to care. But, True. But then once we want to use it, we get grounded. And so... Anchor to the ground, so yes. Why? Why is this a problem? Well, the good news is it it mostly isn't a problem. <laughs> you can get <laughs> all kinds of work done in Clojure without this really being a problem because the seek abstraction is so good, right? Closure core is so general and the seek abstraction is so good. You can just use it and use it and use it. And if you haven't used the reducers framework yet, or if you haven't used transducers in a serious way or needed transducers in a serious way, then you haven't really experienced this problem, right? Uh, right. But the point is there, there are good reasons to have to divorce yourself from the underlying representation, which is why reducers and transducers have have been created. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Definitely. So. So. So the. So I mean. So, like basically, why. Why. Why would we. 
what what use cases would force us into using any of those things reducers or transducers like what 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 realms do we would we want to adventure into i think like the one that really comes to mind off the top of my head is really parallelization so if <laughs> let's say you're you're reducing with plus right plus is your your reducing function you're adding up all these numbers well plus is associative Meaning if you, you know, if you add one plus two plus three, it doesn't matter if you do one plus two first or two plus three first, right? Like it's all going to add up to be the same thing. So anytime you have an associative reducing function, not to get too mathy, you can now split that list into pieces, reduce them all in parallel, and then take all those results and reduce all those together and come up with the same answer, right? I feel like like Joe Armstrong is, is... is looking down on us, uh, smiling down on us, because he is always one that's been like, we are going to have more and more and more processors as we as we as we progress into the future, and so we want to do more and more parallel. And so, why would you want to add one, two, and three in parallel? Well, you probably wouldn't. But imagine you had millions of numbers to add, or you're doing something that's more complicated than adding. Uh, well, then 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 being able to use all eight or twelve or sixteen cores on your system is suddenly way more useful. Yeah, uh, yes. And so not every reducing function is associative, but um, when you have it, then all of a sudden you have something that is naturally parallelizable, which is super cool. But if you're trapped to how you put the result in, you know, now, now like you have these split sets. Now, now you as a programmer have to do all the work of parallelizing, right? You, like and, you have to pre-split them and then post-combine them. Right. You have and, to do all the extra so work. So it would be nice if you could represent the reduction without having to worry about how how they get combined, right? Right. And so the reducers framework is it was made specifically for that problem. But then the other interesting case is like, what if you want to do reducing functions on things that aren't seeks? Like they're, like they're not a sequence of things in memory, but instead it's a sequence of things in time, <laughs> right? Which is kind of weird to think about. But I think it makes a lot of sense if you listen to our future episode. <laughs> <laughs> let's tease that. Yeah, let's, just, why, let's not answer why that. Why on what, earth? Yeah, why we would have right. that. But let's just... What, how does that even exist? Well, uh, that's a good reason, yes, as you say, to keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to some more episodes. And, uh, prom- and we'll I, talk about we'll talk yeah, about that. I promise we will we will we will make that concrete um, and it'll be useful. Uh, but but we'll just leave it for the future. In the meantime, if you are looking for something to do after you're done with this episode, you can go to Twitter <laughs> and you can type the at sign enclosure design and you can send us a message and we would love to hear from you. You can also send us good old fashioned email feedback at closure or come hop in our closure design podcast channel and read some of the discussion there about transducers that we've been having already. It's, it's almost like an advanced <laughs> peek into the future. Yes, you will see the ever-growing list of things that people would like us to talk about and that we want to talk about, but we have not had a chance to yet. Um, We have enough content for quite a while, but we would love more thoughts. Uh, And then if you want to see what our past thoughts are, (laughs) uh, you can see our past episodes and show notes on the web at closuredesign.club. That's right. You can be like Gandalf and peer into the future and into the past by going to Closure Design Podcast channel and (laughs) closuredesign.club.
Yes. And in the meantime, uh, that hopefully that's interesting enough because we will be back next week to talk some more. And we appreciate you listening. 